Hey, moms and teachers. What's up? This is episode three of my podcast. And today I talk about the shit that your kids tell me about social media. And I'm telling you, as a mom and a teacher who's in the trenches with eighth graders all day long, they tell me some crazy shit. So I reveal some secrets. I give you some advice. Not that that's my business, but I just like to give you a heads up because sometimes I forget that parents don't have the same information I have as a middle school teacher when they're deciding how to allow their students or their children to interact with social media apps. So we talk about several apps in this episode. Specifically, I talk about Instagram, Snapchat, YOLO, and Discord. If any of those sound familiar to you and you're wondering what's so bad about them, then this episode is for you. Hey everybody, thank you for listening to Teaching Moms. This is episode three. Um, Today I'm going to be talking as a mom and a teacher, Um, but I'm going to be wearing the teacher hat to teach moms the crazy shit that your kids have taught me about social media in my classroom over the last 13 years. So this episode is not meant to terrify you. I am not trying to shove down an agenda, you know, that's anti-social media. And I understand that there are absolutely kids out there that are responsible and that are mature. And we all raise our kids different ways. I really just want to peel back some of this veil that social media is just a place where kids communicate with each other. And it's the thing these kids do these days. Because I have been able to inform my parenting decisions because of the things I've learned from your kids in my classroom, talking about their experiences or witnessing some of the things that they've experienced through social media. So on this episode today, I'm going to talk specifically about Snapchat, Instagram, Discord, and YOLO. Again, these stories are the stories that I think are the most pertinent to sharing to parents, the things that I think will be most valuable. And I'm going to come across very harsh in this, in my critique of social media. Again, I'm not assuming that kids are all experiencing this, but this is really, I mean, you know, this is what I have noticed and observed the arc of social media, its effect on teenagers today. And just to be clear, when I say teenagers, this starts, I mean, as young as like nine years old, as young as you allow your kids to have this social media. Um, And when I'm referring to middle school, I'm referring to like 11 to 14, right? But all ages vary. Okay, so first, Snapchat. If you're a parent, you probably know what this is already. Now, I remember learning about this app when it had come out a long time ago, it seems. And the icon for the app was a ghost. And I didn't really understand why or what it was all about. This whole like social media was new to me. I wasn't even on Facebook yet. And kids were talking about this Snapchat app. Well, the reason why it's a ghost is because it disappears everything that the kids send through Snapchat, right? So it disappears the evidence of conversations, 
of pictures, it disappears. And I remember being a teacher and my students explaining to me, oh, you know, this is Snapchat and, you know, this is why I'm able to make this episode because students sometimes feel safe divulging things to their teachers. It's what I call like the cool aunt effect, you know, like I'm not a parent and I'm an adult, but like, maybe I'm like the cool aunt, right? So they, they show me things and they tell me things that they're not going to tell their parents. They somehow forget that I will reach out to their parents. But nonetheless, I remember them explaining to me, oh, it's so cool. You know, you do this and then you send it and it disappears. And I remember like seeing it disappear, like here, show it, you know, someone says going to send me something on my screen. Look, it disappears. And I was just like, why would you want that? Like, what's the point of like, that makes no sense. And I just thought it was like the dumbest thing. Right. And I mean, I'm thinking at this point it was like from like, you know, late 20 year olds perspective of like, that's dumb. Why would you do that? But of course it's so obvious why a middle schooler would want an app where everything they sent to somebody disappears. I mean, it's common sense why that would be attractive. I didn't understand it at the moment, but it became very clear to me through interactions with students of mine, through stories that I've dealt with since, that this is just a tool for opportunities, right? And all kids are going to be opportunists. We were, they are, that doesn't change, right? The nature of teenagers and young kids, that does not change. The technology and the tools that they have to take these opportunities is what changes. I know damn well that if I were in high school and I had access to Snapchat, I would have gotten myself in trouble, right? And I consider myself a decent human being who has good morals. It's like, you know, I've had this conversation with many parents when it comes to something, say, for example, I'll go back to what I said about I would have used it, right? I was a, raised to really have self-confidence in myself. I had great parenting. I had a good moral compass. I did not like, you know, my first kiss was 10th grade. I was like, you know, I was prude, right? But I had a boyfriend in high school. And I'm telling you right now that I think we like would take Polaroids or something like that. Like we found a way to send each other racy pictures, right? And I'm not send, like literally hand, right? But I mean, and I was, I was a good kid. These are good kids. Don't get me wrong, but I'm telling you, if your theory is just, oh, I raised my daughter to have certain values or I raised my son to have certain values, that's no longer a safeguard, right? These guardrails that we think we're putting up as parents are destroyed by the norms of teenage society today and by this technology that they have access to. Just destroyed. They're, they're, they aren't there. I can honestly say that most of my female students have confided in me about sending something to someone. Now, the definition of a racy picture can be them in a sports bra or a bathing suit or worse. Um, You know, oh, it was just a picture of this or my face wasn't in it. You know, I've had these conversations because unfortunately it gets to the point where it gets disseminated and shared with people it wasn't meant for. And then it actually becomes child pornography distribution of it. So let me back up. Snapchat deletes everything. If you have a girl who is dating a boy who's asking her to send pictures, 
first off, that's a really common thing in today's dating. Um, if you look it up, there's statistics, but basically first base has become sending pictures of each other. There's a very good chance that kids today have seen each other in these racy photos or explicit photos before they've even kissed each other. So they're being exposed to each other visually before they even have a first kiss. It's just the bases have changed, ladies and gentlemen. Like we are, I mean, what used to be like, you know, you're getting assigned to like steal home for us is like you're in the batter's box. You're not, you're on deck. You're not even up at bat yet. And you've seen each other naked or you've seen pictures of each other in a way that's provocative. It, it's, it's just today. It's society and it's what these kids are growing up in. And as much as we can raise them to have morals and values that we believe will rise above the pressure of their peers and not divulge these things to each other, I'm telling you right now, you can be an amazing kid. You can have all those morals and all those values. You're going to be susceptible to flattery and you're going to be susceptible to somebody who you think you're in a relationship with that you think really cares about you to send them things. I've seen it a million times. I've been doing this for a long time. I've had many stories that students have told me because it ended up going in a really bad direction, but it's very common. I talk about this openly with my students. I try to take a pulse of the teenagers today and see where they're at. From a mom's perspective, they're willing to share everything. So that is wonderful for me. It's a tool, which is why I want to share this. These pictures disappear. There is no evidence. So Snapchat is an app that your kid has on their phone that you cannot monitor. Now, if you ask to monitor it, they're going to show you streaks that they have with their friends or some things that they might show you. So it looks as if, you know, the appearance that you can see the content in the app. But that's not actually how it works. What they're showing you are the things that they want to show you, right? Because the other things that they don't want to show you have been destroyed. The evidence has been burned. Literally, it just disappears. So I want you to ask yourself, despite how amazing you probably are as a parent, would you trust your kid with technology that erases all traces of everything they've done? And I don't think that's a smart move. I just don't. Sadly, today, it's so common. Kids are like, oh, I got a snap. And, you know, you hear the little whatever the little sound effect is I just butchered. And it's almost like they're just texting each other, like they snap each other instead of texting each other. That's because snaps disappear, right? So if you're in class and you're making fun of the girl in front of you, you send a snap to the friend next to you. There's no evidence that you made fun of that girl. Why would you send it in a text message? It just, you're not going to. I mean, it's like having an invisibility cloak at your disposal. Anything that you want to stay invisible, you're going to do through Snapchat. The problem with this is not only are people, not only are kids sending pictures and, you know, those can get really bad as far as somebody grabs a screenshot of it, it doesn't disappear because... Let's be honest, what teenage boy is going to allow an explicit picture to disappear from his phone? They're going to grab a screenshot. Now, back in the day, you didn't know if somebody grabbed a screenshot. 
I believe Snapchat has changed this setting from what I've been told by students. And now if you snap somebody and they grab a screenshot of it, you get an alert that somebody screenshot it. However, I have seen it done where kids will grab a screenshot off of a computer or a tablet. So if you're not using the app when you take the screenshot, it doesn't give that notification. So if you're opening the app on a desktop or a laptop and you use the computer screen and not the, you know, app screenshot, then you don't get that notification. So there's ways around it, right? So at least in New Jersey, the law is if you disseminate a photo that's explicit in nature to anybody else that was not intended for, that's distribution of pornography. So if a girl sends a picture to her boyfriend and he keeps it for himself, that's their business technically. If he takes a screenshot, holds on to it, but then decides to share it with his friends, we've got ourselves a really nasty legal battle. Again, couple this with the maturity of teenage boys, you're setting them up for failure. It's just going to happen. I have had instances where students sent pictures through Snapchat. Somebody took a picture of it off of another kid's phone. So they weren't alerted that there was a screen grab. And then a girl distributed it to the entire eighth grade because they thought that girl was sleeping with their boyfriend or some crazy thing. Yes, I said sleeping with an eighth grade. That's a a whole different podcast. (laughs) Flirting with their boyfriend, whatever it may be. So now this girl's private photo that she thought she was sending to one person was literally distributed to the entire grade. Like this person made a chat group of all of the eighth graders and sent this picture. It was one of the most heartbreaking things I was involved in. The parents had to come in. They had to see the photo. The girl had to own up to sending it. I mean, you can imagine she was suicidal. The whole school saw it. It was awful. It was, it was so sad, right? And it, again, it was good kids doing typical dumb teenage shit. But they have access to this technology and it just adds fuel to the fire. Another side note that I want to put here for Snapchat is this is where a lot of bullying happens. Like I gave the example before, you send it to a girl in your class, you're making fun of the person in front of you, it disappears. Exactly. That's exactly why it's perfect, right? If you're going to send a threat or you're going to bully somebody, it disappears. Again, I had an incident where there was this horribly racially charged conversation that went through the school. And thank goodness somebody took a screen grab of it or I, I, you know, I forget the actual details, but they were able to capture it and show it to a guidance counselor. And I mean, it was so bad that we had the state attorney involved. It was on the local news, right? And again, it all stemmed back to Snapchat. And if it weren't for this one brave child deciding that they were going to alert the adults to the situation, it could have ended really badly. Bullying happens all the time on Snapchat. Now, remember, if you get a screen alert or an alert that somebody took a screen grab 
and you're sending something to a kid and you're bullying them, if you get an alert that they took a screenshot, now they're a snitch. And in middle school, as dumb as it sounds, there's this whole culture where you're worse off being a snitch than being bullied. A lot of these kids don't take screenshots and because they don't want to be a snitch because then the person who sent them this bullying comment will be like, oh my gosh, they took a screenshot. Oh, you're such a snitch. And that, that's just going to make their life worse. There's a really a no-win situation. And the problem is when you and I were in school, we got a reprieve. If we went to school and there was a kid that bullied us or there was a clique that didn't like us and they were nasty and they were petty, we got a reprieve when we left school. We got to go home. We got to be ourselves around our family. We got to feel like we were included in a tribe. We got a life outside of school. School only occurred when we were in school. This technology is following your kids on their little tiny computers that are their cell phones to the bathroom, to the dinner table, to the couch, to their bedside. And the reason why teenage anxiety and depression and self-harm and suicide rates are going through the roof, I firmly believe as a witness who has stood in front of this age group for over a decade and watched this happen, it's because of this social media aspect. Adults can't handle social media, right? I mean, there's adults who can't help but go after each other. They cannot refrain from attacking each other on social media. Normal, functioning, intelligent, approachable, happy adults who get caught up in the social media banter. So you can imagine what happens when we give this to kids who have no executive functioning skills whatsoever to think through the consequences of their actions or impulse control. So couple that with the normal bullying aspect of being in middle school or being a kid in general. And these poor kids are subjected to this nonstop. Like I really do feel, and again, I'm not trying to like shove this agenda down your throat, but I really feel as because of my, my viewpoint, my vantage point as a teacher of this age group, I really do feel like it is your job as a parent to cut that off give them a break. They're going to hate you. They're going to cry, right? That's something else I want to go into at some point, maybe this episode or another. Losing their cell phone is like the worst thing that you can do to a kid these days, which is a whole other issue. But they hate you because of a thousand reasons, right? If you're doing your job right as a parent, your kid's going to hate you at some point because you make them do chores or because you make them call their grandmother and say, thank you for the sweater right? They're going to roll their eyes. They're going to throw a temper tantrum as teenagers. It's what they do. Saying you can't have the social media on your phone. They're going to hate you for it. They're going to give you all these things. Oh, everyone has it. You don't understand. That's something else I want to address because being left out of the social media circle is really not that bad. I, I can't say that from a kid's perspective, but I can say it from witnessing the kids that don't have it they function very well in class, in person. They still have their friends in person. The difference is when they leave school, they leave those friends. 
which is actually a beautiful thing because then they don't get involved in all the drama that goes on outside of school. Okay, so Snapchat, things disappear. You have no idea what they're sending to each other. It's a breeding ground for bullying and sexually explicit photos. That's what it is used for. Think to yourself as a parent, would you give your kid access to something if you had no way of knowing what they were doing with it? Excuse me. And that is exactly what Snapchat is. Last thing I want to say about Snapchat, and this will apply to every other Instagram or every other uh, social media, is there's so many accounts. Parents, if you think that, like, you're like, okay, listen, I hear you. I get all these things. I This is why I monitor my kid's Snapchat. This is why it's fine. I'm doing what I need to do as a parent because I'm monitoring it. No, you're not. I just, I'm just going to say that. I'm just going to say that. No, you're not. If you think your kid has one Snapchat account, that's like thinking that you can talk about Nirvana to your kid and they're going to think you're cool. Like, (laughs) you are so outdated if you think your kid has a single Snapchat account. Like, it's, it's beyond, it's so far beyond that. And it has been for so long. I don't know a single kid that has a single Snapchat account. They have multiple Now, this is something I know from being a teacher, but also from being a stepmom, right? Kids not only have multiple accounts, but I mean, they have multiple accounts that they don't share with their siblings. So unless you know all their accounts and how would you, unless they told you, because they're not going to use a username that you're going to figure out. They're not going to put a picture of themselves on it. Like, it's not like you're just going to be able to search their name in Snapchat and find all their accounts. They have so many, so many get arounds on you guys. It's insane. I've had instances where kids have been involved in cases that were HIB related, which is like a legal bullying case. And parents would go to the end of the earth defending their child as every parent should, right? You think you raise them right. But again, kids can be boneheads sometimes. They can. And with this technology, they find ways around it. And I would have parents deny, deny, deny. My kid didn't do that. I know their accounts. I monitor it. I looked at it. They showed it to me. It never happened. That's not true. Well, at some point during the investigation, it's uncovered that they have, of course, other accounts. And on the other accounts is the evidence of the thing they were accused of doing. These are the accounts that they literally only share with the select few people that they want to share it with, right? So They're not sharing this account with siblings. They're not sharing this account with cousins. They're not sharing this account with family. And they would be horrified if their siblings found this account. Like I've, I've, again, you know, I'm a stepmom, kids that are of the age of social media and they have accounts that they don't want their siblings to find. They specifically don't have their siblings on these accounts because they feel judged, (laughs) So imagine that's what I know as a step-parent. So you can imagine the accounts that they have, right? So Snapchat, like every other social media, there's multiple accounts. And please, if you do not believe me, you really need to pull your head at the sand here. You really do. You, you have to, you have to wake up a little bit and realize your kid is not a bad kid, but they don't have one account. They don't, they don't. All right, so Instagram. Here's the problem with Instagram. 
if you only know Instagram as an adult, what's the problem with Instagram? Seems like a great thing. You show pictures, it's cute. I get follow people, right? I know I follow like interior designers and all these other things. But the here's the test. It's basically like a a very easy test if you are properly monitoring your child's Instagram. If you are properly monitoring your child's Instagram, then you know what a Finsta is. If you don't know what a Finsta is, then you're not monitoring your child's Instagram. So a Finsta, and you can Google it, but I Googled it for you so that I can give you the actual definition. A Finsta is a shortened term for a fake Instagram account where young teenagers or young adults post more real and candid content. So it's their fake Insta. They call it a Finsta. Every kid that has an Instagram has a Finsta. This is their account where they post themselves. Usually the typical Finsta is like when they're in their feelings, so to speak, right? So when they're sad or when they're depressed. And so there are these really sad documented cases in social media where kids either harmed themselves or went even further and took their own lives and their parents had no idea that the kids were suffering from feeling alone or this depression. Had no idea. By all the accounts that they saw, their kids were doing the normal kid stuff, right? Their posts were goofy and they were smiling and, you know, the the normal, the normal teenage posts where there was no for as best as normal can be defined. There's really no normal, but you know, like there was no red flags. There was no reason for parents to be concerned and to assume that their child was battling depression or being bullied. And then it's often after the fact that they find this Finsta. And the Finsta is where the kids post videos of them crying, pictures of them self-harming, you know, quotes about feeling alone and depressed. And unfortunately, what happens is because kids have become so reliant on social media, they don't have these conversations with people. So the community that they turn to is social media. So if you post about how you're feeling so alone on your Finsta, the community responds. And that's where you get your feedback. But the community is also young minds that do not possess great advice or kids that think it's funny to be mean and say horrible things. I have known personally of accounts where a kid has posted something about being depressed and the response from the social media crew is kill yourself, do us all a favor, like horrible, horrible things that you would not believe kids are capable of saying to each other. And it's all on these Finsta accounts. So please, 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 parents, if you think you're monitoring your child's Instagram, if you did not know what a Finsta was, that just, I'm, I mean, that is the point I'm trying to make, that you are not monitoring their social media. Ask your kid about their Finsta, watch their reaction. Please send in videos because <laughs> they're going to hate me. 
All right. So that's Instagram. Now, the next thing I want to talk about is Discord. Discord is really for my gamers out there. If you have kids that are gamers and you allow them to have their headphones on and talk to people while they're playing games, I can see the lure of that and why, you know, it's like, oh, they're socializing while they're playing games. Unfortunately, kids are going to tell you they know who they're talking to. There's no way for you to know if they know who they're talking to. There's really no way for you to know who they're talking to, right? So, oh, I'm I'm playing, you know, this game and I'm talking to this kid, so-and-so. Oh, is this kid I go to school with? You know, you met him, I talked to him or whatever, right? Okay, well, here's the thing with Discord. So people create a server, which is basically a chat room. And you have no idea who's creating it. Just like any other social media, people lie about their identity and who they are, right? So it can be just chats. It could be live time talking. And it can even be video. So like Skype type of stuff. So here's the problem. And I, I wrote this down to give it to you explicitly from research. Okay. And this is updated today. So this is real time. Okay. The National Center on Sexual Exploitation named Discord one of its 2021 dirty dozen apps for child sexual exploitation. This is not an opinion at this point. This is a fact. Top 12 apps for child sexual exploitation, not just like exploitation, not like bullying, specifically the National Center on Childhood Sexual Exploitation. This is alarming to say the least. Parents, I am not hating on gamers, but my goodness, please look further into this. Please ask questions because there have been cases in the news and I, I follow this. We do current events in my class every Friday. So kids often bring things up that they find relevant to them. I allow them to bring in any topic they want. So I also learn a lot about this for my kids because they pay more attention to this stuff than I do. There is an instance, uh, there was something recently, I want to say within the last two years, where a grown man, a pedophile, uh, friended these two siblings on Discord. And of course, they didn't know who he was. His picture was, you know, a little kid and he, they were playing Roblox together, right? This is the sick part of it. This isn't like kids playing Grand Theft Auto already doing some crazy shit. Like, these are little kids. This is the breeding ground for pedophiles and sex trafficking. A hundred percent. So, they befriended this person. They played Roblox together. They played Minecraft or whatever it may be, right? These people are playing kid games with little kids because that's who they're trying to befriend. <laughs> okay. So they befriended these siblings and eventually gain their trust, get, you know, they get their personal information. They ask them other questions. There's private chats on discord, which is also terrifying because if they are in a server, like this group chat room, they can take it to a one-on-one -on -one conversation. So it's not like anyone else is a witness to what's going on. 
And that's what happened. And then it became a video chat and it became a private video chat. And he ended up asking these girls to perform sexual acts on each other. And the girls, of course, don't report it to their parents because as most statistics show, when kids are, when they deal with some type of sexual assault or exploitation, they don't necessarily run into their parents right away. So this is an extreme and I'm not saying this to scare you again. Like I'm not trying to sit here and be the big bad wolf. Like all social media is horrible and gamers are going to be completely exploited. But these are real things. Don't take my word for it. This is the National Center on Sexual Exploitation. You can look it up yourself. I've heard statistics further on this that... First off, the sex trafficking industry is like beyond, beyond growing. It's a $5 billion industry. And the United States is one of the top three places for this demand, right? So people are brought here for purposes of trafficking. So that means that we have enough sickos in our country to buy the product that it's a $5 billion product. Another disturbing fact I learned from the podcast I listened to because hence why I have one, because I love podcasts, was something really disturbing. Like a third of the kids who were trafficked had already known their trafficker through social media. And I'm telling you as a teacher, these facts seem to line up with the things that I've learned and I've witnessed. So I've had a kid in my class, live time on Snapchat, had two different grown men ask to meet her and offer some type of sexual encounter in my class, just live randomly. Like, Oh my gosh, see, look, I got another one. And I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, Oh, look, here's two guys like proposing some type of sexual act to me. And this was a seventh grader. And this happened within the last month. So I called the parent, obviously. I said, Hey, this is what's happening on your child's phone. This happened in my class. I witnessed it. I looked with my own eyeballs at the screen and saw these messages. And the mom goes, Oh yeah. You know, I think we changed the setting on that. You know, I, I, I monitor it. And like, it did not go where I wanted it to go. The girl still has Snapchat. Who knows if she's still getting these offers, but it's, it's just, it's really so disheartening because we're not, we're not protecting our kids. Like they're out in this wild, wild west world of social media and these apps that have so many back channels and private chats and they have multiple accounts. And I mean, it is, it is the perfect place for sick adults and naive, mean, or just boneheaded kids to collide. It's just not a good idea. So please, parents, if you have gamers at home, this is how I would approach it after my experience in the trenches with middle school kids for as long as I've been. First, none of these, none of these apps would be on my kid's phone. I mean, I'm just going to be honest. uh, They're not like I have a son. He's really young right now. He's about to be six. He will not have social media until he's 16. Like that's, he doesn't need it. I, that's just end of story. That's how I feel about it. And he'll be fine. Like I said, he won't miss out, right? Like, okay, so you didn't watch Game of Thrones. You don't know what everyone's talking about. Like, okay, you'll be fine. Like, 
you'll be out of the drama. You'll have plenty of friends in school and you'll be a lot less stressed out. You're welcome. You'll thank me later. He's not going to like it, but I'm the adult. It's my job to make the decisions that protect him from all of this bullshit. And he'll be fine. He'll be fine. So that's my first. But secondly, if I had a kid that was a gamer and they wanted to talk to somebody while they were playing a game, it'd be like this. Hey, listen, you want to talk to them? That's fine. I need to know who they are. Like, I don't, I don't need you to tell me you know who they are. I need to know who they are. So it will look like this. Use FaceTime, call your friend, and you can talk to each other while you're playing this game. Like, where I can see your friend, the friend that I have met before, the person I know, so I know who you're talking to. I'm not going to let you put on these big headphones and just disappear into the ether of God knows what and who knows what for hours and hours. It, it's just a really terrifying, a really terrifying platform. And I really encourage you to look into it. All right. The last app I'm going to speak about is YOLO. So if you have any recollection of this being on your kid's phone, if it sounds familiar to you, or better yet, just take your kid's phone and look for this app. If you see it, YOLO, Y-O-L-O, you know, like you only live once, please delete it. Just delete it. Don't ask them. Just take it off their phone. Because YOLO is this. It's an anonymous social media app. So that means now you're combining anonymity with the teenage mindset, with their lack of regulation and impulse control, and giving them free range to say whatever they want to each other. It's a really horrible app. It's, I don't know, I've had this conversation with a stepdaughter of mine. She had it on her phone. I wanted to know why she would even want to know what people's opinions were. But it's kind of like the forbidden fruit. I get it. I mean, it's human nature as an, as an adult. I could see adults even being curious like, oh, if I put a picture of myself up there, what would people say about me if they didn't have to say who they were, right? And in like a little kid's mind, which I equate to teenagers in middle school, you know, it's kind of like, oh, I wonder if so-and-so, the kid I have a crush on will say I'm beautiful because I won't know who he is and it'll secretly be him. And it's like, you're looking for affirmations. That's what you're fishing for. But instead... What you get is really nasty, vitriolic things. So I have known firsthand of kids who were told to kill themselves, to try harder next time, that they were ugly, that they looked like a whore, that they looked gay, that they, I mean, slurs all over the place. Because these kids are anonymous. There is no accountability. And the sad part is, it's a circle of their peers. Oftentimes, it's actually kids that they do know. But they all have these anonymous accounts. So now, the child who decided to post something and get honest feedback, quote unquote, is walking into a classroom where half of them took the opportunity to rip them apart. And they don't know who is who. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? Right? And we, again, we wonder why the anxiety and the depression is just skyrocketing. So please, if they have this app, just take it off. There's no good coming from it. It's not like, it's not a tool for anything else. It's not for a picture. It's, 
just to be anonymous and to say nasty things and also like super sexually explicit things because imagine teenagers being able to say what they want to somebody that they know and without it ever being known who it was like you can it's your imagination may be good enough to figure it out but if you haven't been around middle schoolers recently they are even raunchier than you think (laughs) because again having these cell phones with them all the time is is not good (laughs) not good I'm gonna make that another episode but let's just say in all seriousness in all seriousness I just had my students explain to me what fans only means. And it's when people have social media accounts like an Instagram or Snapchat or a TikTok or YouTube. And they have this group called fans only and you pay them, right? So you send them money through PayPal or Venmo, whatever it is. And they will send you explicit photos of them, but only for their fans only followers. I am not kidding you. Okay. So I just learned this last week and was mind blown. Kids are getting money off of sending explicit photos to fans only. Literally getting paid. So like creepy old men want to see a picture of you. They send you $5 on Venmo and you send them a picture and you're thinking no harm done. Who cares? right? My kids, my eighth graders, okay? So think 13, 14 year olds. I have some 12 year olds in my grade, actually. We're actually discussing why you would pay for it when you can get it for free. This is not a joke. I am not teaching in a district that's like crazy, like behavior issues. Like all of my students are amazing. These are kids that are like doing well in school, that are responsible, that are respectful, debating whether or not you should pay for fans only when you can get the same content free and access to so many other pornographic things, why would you pay for it? This is my, this is my boys and girls having this conversation. So I need to dedicate a different episode to pornography when it comes to kids and access to it. But please, please, please. YOLO is not good. There's no good to it. Don't listen to anything that they try to say. It's really just like one to me. It's a no-go. It just, there's no reason to have it. That would be my, my suggestion. And then finally, TikTok. You've probably heard of it. It's obviously very popular. You may have your own account, right? Just be aware that there are back channels on TikTok. There are chats on TikTok and it's not just all innocent dances. Just another thing to flag in your mind. Check in with your kids work your way around these apps. I think like we take them for face value. Think like a teenager. If you really wanted to breach this app and get the most out of it or get away with doing something through the app, (laughs) how would you do it? They've already figured it out. Like there's already like a camp set up there. (laughs) So think that way. Um, but I, I basically just want to give you that information. I hope it will help you inform some of your parenting decisions like it does for me. As I said earlier, sometimes I forget that I have access to all of this all the time. 
And it really does influence my parenting. A hundred percent it does. And I really wish that I could take my parents and just sit them in a classroom with me for a month and let them hear and witness all the things that the teachers get close up and personal with throughout the year. Because I'm sure that if you talk to teachers who are secondary teachers, they will probably have opinions as well when it comes to social media. If their students have opened up with them or if they've discussed things with their kids. Um, it's really, it's, it could be a good tool. It's your opinion, obviously, as a parent. You choose to raise your child how you want to raise your child. But just at the very least, no. They have more than one account on all of these things. They're going to be opportunists. That's what teenagers do. It's our job as parents to block some of those opportunities, for lack of a better phrase, and to equip them to not be burdened constantly with this bullshit. Because a lot of this is just that. Like, they just are constantly burdened by all this stuff. And so... Be smart about it and how you choose to let your kids use it. If you have any questions, of course, as always, my information's in the episode details. Certainly reach out to me. And I hope this was helpful. I really enjoyed talking to you. And if you have any more specific questions, I look forward to those. I will get back to you. Good luck with all things parenting. And I will see you next time. Have a wonderful night. I'm not going to